Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On our first episode, Back from the Holiday Break, we talk about the music for 1988's Troma's War with Chris DeMarco. Following on the success of Troma's Toxic Avenger and Class of Nukem High, Troma's War saw the independent studio taking on the action-adventure genre in their own way. Surprisingly well-reviewed, the movie doesn't quite have the following of the studio's tentpole franchises, but it's definitely an entertaining and inventive traumatic view of the Guns and Glory films, which were everywhere in the latter half of the 80s. Per the uh, label, Trauma's War tells the story of a group of maroon citizens who stumble upon a terrorist plot to take over the United States. With no help in sight and no way to contact reinforcements, it's up to these ordinary people to save the world. Musician Chris DeMarco performed the music of the for the film, as well as appearing in it. His score, along with the power ballads Alive and Storm is Red, were a major part of how well Trauma's War works. Sadly, it was never legally available in any form, failing even to make an appearance on Trauma's 20th anniversary compilation, Toxic Tunes from Traumaville. Featuring the complete motion picture store, including cuts not used in the final film, Trauma's War was released on 140-gram red and orange Triumphant Explosion colored vinyl back in July of last year. Limited to 1,000 copies worldwide, the LP was put out by New York's Ship to Shore Phono Co. in collaboration with Locked Groove Recording Company. We spoke with Chris DeMarco last year about his work on Trauma's War, as well as what he's up to now. <laughs> Different than just digital. It, 
Yeah, I, I know that the, the mastering process is a, is a lot different because you have to account for groove width and things of that nature. Correct. Um, so what was it like revisiting the music? It was uh, a wonderful experience. And I've done um, restoration of past recordings that I've had and carried around on uh, even two-inch masters and... and uh, them from tape to digital and it's an interesting thing because you hear all of the room sounds that uh, you had forgotten you, it sort of puts you in the place again um, and the notes played pretty much except for the guitar I played all the instruments on the on this on Troma's War so I was uh, sort of you know grooving along with I could remember playing almost all of it. It was fun. Yeah, that's something that's really interesting. Like I've talked to several other people about um, like remastering and revisiting old re uh, recordings, and you're the first person to like mention the fact that it's like, oh, you can hear the room it was recorded in, and that's kind of a that's that's a very I would imagine like evocative mental thing. Absolutely, it's like uh, old odors that you get a whiff of and it takes you right back to someplace wherever in your past it's it's really um, it's really trippy so to I, use an old term <laughs> so I know that you you were involved in the, the band riffraff before you put together the music for Trauma's War, were the, the two non-score songs the ones that end each side, including the, the rather more famous one, Alive, um, were those originally for like Riff Raff or were they for another project? They were for another project after Riff Raff. Um, Alive was recorded in New York with a producer named John Anthony who had uh, previously produced Genesis and Queen and um, so it was a project that we were trying to put together to get an album deal uh, that didn't work out and I had the, the uh, song and when I went to audition with Lloyd and Michael I played them that song and that's what sold them on hiring me so, and in fact, Lloyd said, I have to have that song. That song's going in. That's perfect. You know how excitable he is. <laughs> it, it's very interesting because it seems like uh, Troma has a, a, a sort of history of acquiring music that... Like when you when you go back and revisit it, you you sort of wonder like why it wasn't bigger than it was. I mean, there are, there are a couple tracks on uh, like the class of Newcomb High soundtrack, for example, that you know sound uh, as good as if not better than songs that were hits at the time. And I definitely think Alive is certainly one of those. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was done 24-track in uh, Media Sound Studio in New York with great musicians, and um, so it was a master recording. Now, the other song uh, that I, I, was writ I wrote for Troma's War, just for that moment when uh, between battles they're uh, preparing to go all in and attack the bad guys, um, so I wrote that, and that is using...
using all the same instrument instruments and uh, production value that the rest of the uh, score has. The, tr the Alive track is the only one that's, you know, from a whole other place in time. Oh, that, that Alive predates it, but everything else is written specifically for them. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, the 
like a, a, a videotape with X amount of minutes of, of a scene and I would write the music for that scene. And again, both, both uh, movies were done piece by piece and from my perspective. I never got a, I never saw a cut of the film before writing the music. It was just look at this scene and write a piece of music for it. Oh, that's an interesting concept. So you're you're doing it bit by bit rather than creating like a theme and then working through it. Although I guess in that's the, right. Toxic Adventure Three, you were given a theme in which to work. Yeah, a, um, a sort of a basis to to leave from musically with Dvorak. But you know, it's it is difficult when you don't know what's going on in the movie. Uh, you don't know, you know, where this is going to be. You don't know how one piece of music is going to blend into the next. You just you use all the same instrumentation so that it has a continuity of sound, but you don't know really what's going to happen. And they they cut it together without you there. Um, although the first on Troma's War. My engineer and I were invited to the final mix of the film with all the sound uh, tracks and the musical score and, uh, you know, they, they do it all, you know, put it all together in a big movie theater, so to speak. And uh, so we were there and after about an hour or so we were invited to leave because we kept on asking them generally to turn the music up <laughs> and in, in a variety of ways <laughs> so they got tired of that you know we really don't need you guys here so, <laughs> so you, you've worked on documentaries as, as well how does that different from say like a, like a narrative fictional film totally different documentaries that I've worked on were primarily shorter and I got to see the whole thing you know maybe it was 20 minutes long or half an hour um, and I would look at it and then just write the music for it it's much simpler and I could do that much quicker whereas trauma you know it took months of you know bit by bit by bit bit uh, to finish
resume was, was strong enough that we could move to Atlanta and I would be able to get some work, but it didn't work out like that. There really wasn't anything for, here, for, me, for me to do here. And uh, I ultimately got into, um, got a real estate license and uh, became a real estate broker from 95 to, I would say, uh, probably 2003. So it was about eight years. I just, you know, monkeyed around playing some music, but never, not recording, not really pursuing it much. But um, in 2003 and four, I wrote a new album and um, updated my studio and recorded uh, Lost and Found. And so that kind of got me back into music and it coincided with the real estate market going down in the latter part of, the, of 2000. And uh, so I focused completely on music after that. Well, it also seems like you really um dug sort of robustly into your into your archives to, to release uh, like updated versions of your past material uh, which I mean, like which is very robust well uh, yeah I have so many recordings or have had so many master recordings that weren't released uh, and I kept all the masters so I was able to digitize them and uh, Put out uh, after Lost and Found. I did uh, the '80s, which are recordings that I did in uh, New York, New York, and New Jersey. And then um, I did. Um, I put out Riff Raff, which was the band on Island Records, which was never released. So I released that, and then I did. Uh, uh, recently, I did a country record and I did I put out other recordings from Media Sound uh, from the late 70s after Riff Raff broke up and then most recently uh, before Troma's War of course I did uh, I, I uh, wrote and produced um, a Genetic Marker which was a two year album project so I'm taking it easy right now <laughs> let's see what my next thing is going to be But given the the, the the I would imagine that the, the work required to digitize and remaster and get all of that stuff ready to go, like I, uh, that would be something that would wear you out a bit. And well, the genetic marker was just you not uh, not a, a a renewal of old stuff. That was all new material that I re-recorded. It it just took so long because dealing with musicians and time schedules of various entities and writing it and rewriting it and mixing it and remixing it. It just takes a long time and it really takes it out of you. Um, right now I've sort of gotten back into it and I'm, um, my next project is going to be music. No particular, I'm not going to try to um, restrain myself to produce songs, so to speak. I just want to write pieces of music and let them stand as they as they will. You know, uh, whatever I come up with is going to be it, and I'm going to do them quick and get them over with. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> well, I'm certain. 
Well, where where can folks uh, find out about your upcoming musical endeavors? On ChrisDemarco.com. Wonderful. Sir, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. This has been wonderful. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks to Chris DeMarco for speaking with me. You can find links to purchase Troma's War, its soundtrack, and more music from Mr. DeMarco in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at fromInspiredPod. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcast and Stitcher as well. Chris DeMarco's website is at chrisdemarco.com. Please hit up the website and click on the Give Us Money button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back next week talking about the music video for Metric's Black Sheep from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Until then, thanks for listening. The Englishman and I are going in the woods to check things out. Can you tell the others? And uh, I recommend the rest of you stay on the beach. Who put you in charge? I'm capable of making my own decisions. Listen, Sweet Cheeks, it's just a recommendation for your own good. Don't call me Sweet Cheeks. It's patronizing and demeaning. Modern women. I can really do without this chick. What'd you say? I said... (laughs) I said you really don't miss a trick. That isn't what you said. Well... We'll talk about it later. Right now, just tell the others where we're going.